Welcome to Faith Seeking Understanding, a place dedicated to the discussion of Christian faith in 21st century life. C.S. Lewis said, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. So join us as we endeavor to understand 21st century life through the lens of Christian faith. I'm your host, Alan Bevere, pastor, professor, author, and lover of Five Alarm Food. Come and seek with me. Please join me in prayer. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord our God, our wisdom, our salvation. Amen. So interesting facts about the human body. Some of you may know some of these. The cornea is the only part of the body with no blood supply. It gets its oxygen directly from the air. The human body contains enough fat to make seven bars of soap. Now, I won't speak for anybody but me, but I bet I could squeeze a few more out. Between birth and death, the human body goes from having 300 bones to just 206. How does that happen? I definitely have questions. When you blush, the inside of your stomach blushes too. I mean, I don't know. All right, I just lost the page. This is really good. Ah, this is what happens when technology goes bad. Well, I'm going to have to stop there. Well, the seven bars of soap, I wanted to get that one in. So we're good. The human body is an interesting, amazing thing, isn't it? I remember when our first daughter was born, Alyssa. We were new parents. And she was tiny, of course. She, was, she wasn't... Large, but not small either. She was close to seven pounds. But I remember those first few nights when, before I would go to bed, I would look at her just laying there in the little bassinet we had in our bedroom and just laying there. And one of the things that just so amazed me was looking at that little body and thinking to myself, how do all those little parts work? You know? They're so small. Human body is a fascinating, fascinating thing. Now, there's certainly things that we know about the human body today that Paul could not have known, but Paul uses the image of the church as the body of Christ. It's interesting to think about what Paul is referring to there. Of course, during his earthly ministry, Jesus had a body, a human body. And he was born and he developed and he experienced everything that we human beings experience. 
The Gospels never told us Jesus was ever sick or ill, but I'm sure he was. And we know he suffered. We know he died. We know, we're told, he was hungry. And so Jesus has this body, but of course, after his resurrection, Jesus doesn't stay with us forever. Jesus ascends into heaven. But in founding and forming the church, he essentially leaves himself here in this world. The church animated by the power of the Spirit. It is on the day of Pentecost when the Spirit comes and that body of believers gather together in the upper room are brought together in one voice proclaiming, one voice in different languages, but proclaiming the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. And so for Paul, the church is Jesus' body in this world. Let's think about that for a minute. That's amazing. That we gather here. We are Christ's body in this world. As was just sung, Jesus has no hands but our hands. Jesus has no feet but our feet. Paul has a very, very strong understanding of how we as Christians participate in the life of Jesus. His favorite language, his favorite terminology for that is in Christ. We are in Christ. For Paul, in some very real way, we participate now in the life of Jesus, in all that we do in mission. We participate in the death of Jesus, in the church's suffering presence in the world. And we participate in the new life of the resurrection as we bring in our in our individual responses, but also in our collective responses, the church, we bring a glimpse of that new creation that God is forming now in Jesus. And so it's quite mind-boggling to think about the fact that we here gathered are, we are Christ's body. And as Christ's body, we all have different functions that make the body work well. Last week we talked about, Paul talks about the spiritual gifts, that we all have different spiritual gifts, and all that diversity of gifts brings the church together in a unity of mission. And Paul, in our scripture lesson, talks about that, to be sure, but he wants to talk about the critical role of the body as it works together. It's interesting, when you read ancient Roman authors, they will often compare groups, gathered groups, as a body, whether it's a, a, a political group, the Senate, or, or uh, a town council, or some kind of group. The, the image of a body is used, but here's in, what's interesting, is they use it as an image of hierarchy to say certain parts of the body are more important than others. 
But when Paul uses the image of the church as Christ's body, no, nowhere does he suggest that. And in fact, he says quite the opposite. He says every body part matters. Every body part needs the other parts of the body. And no body part can say, well, because you're not a foot, you don't belong. It's what's really interesting is Paul specifically uses the example of the head. Can't say to the foot, you're not part of the body. Who's the head of the body for Paul? Christ. Even Jesus does not say to any one of us, well, your part doesn't matter. Jesus nowhere says that. Every part of the body matters, and it all comes together to function as a whole for the purpose of the mission of the gospel in the world. We all know how it feels when a certain part of our body isn't quite cooperating, right? <laughs> Might be the lower back. It might be some sore muscles after that day, shoveling snow. But we all know when the parts don't work quite as they should, but we never say they're unimportant, and in fact, they are important. That's why when it's one body part isn't cooperating, it really gets in our way, doesn't it? Because it all matters. And that is what Paul is saying to all of us today. That regardless of the role we play in the church, whatever that role may be, it all matters and it all is needed. And that's why the body hurts when individuals in the body hurt. It's also why the presence, our presence, is so necessary. I worked with uh, uh, somebody who liked to say, this was years ago in another church, she liked to say, there are no lone rangers in the Christian faith. And there aren't. That we are part of a body, we cannot separate ourselves from it because, well, it's the body of Christ. And so we all are connected in a way that we simply cannot separate ourselves from. That's kind of an interesting message in a culture of ours where we prize individualism, where we prize our own individual identities, where we prize being ourselves, whatever that means. It's a hard message to convince people of, but I can tell you for certain that the New Testament is very clear that you and I cannot be followers of Jesus all alone by ourselves. It isn't possible. And that when we receive Jesus, we get put into the body of Christ. This is why when we do baptisms, we do it before the congregation. And 
the parents take vows before the congregation to raise their child in the faith and they know that part of what it means to raise, an important part of what it means to raise their child in the faith is that if they're going to do that the way it ought to be done, that child needs to be a part of the community of faith. And then at some point what happens in the baptismal service is we all stand up and what do we do? We promise to order our lives in a way that we will be an example to this child. Because we know we will play a role in her or his spiritual formation and nurture. We are the body of Christ. We come together when we have communion and we all come to one table. This is the table of the Lord. And we are all invited to come forward. Because this isn't our own little private individual meal. It is something that we do together. And so Paul wants to tell the Corinthians, who clearly are divided, who clearly have all kinds of issues of competing against each other. You also have some people that think they're spiritually superior than the rest of the congregation. I wonder how they heard this word, this, this description of, of the church as the body of Christ to say, oh, wait a minute, no, I'm sorry, your part isn't more important than the other parts. Your part matters, to be sure but it isn't better. And so Paul writes to the Corinthians, and I dare say to us to say, you are part of something larger. And that because of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ, Jesus has actually left him in his in, in his founding of the church has left him his very presence here. We're the very presence of Christ for the world. I had a, years ago I had a district superintendent who used to say, it was the first time I ever heard it. It's, a, it's common, people hear it now, but it was the first time I ever heard it. He said one day uh, at, when he was visiting our church, he said, you are the only Bible some people will ever read. Wow. That's true. But here's something else. We are the only body of Christ that some people will ever see and experience. And when they see us and experience us and, and as we we move to be the body of Christ in this world, surely not perfect, of course. But as we move to be the body of Christ in this community and in this world, will they see a body of Christ in, 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 the, in a way that they say, I want to know more about this Jesus. I want to know more about why these people think this Jesus 
is so important. Friends, we are the body of Christ. We are Christ's presence in this world. Let us pray. Gracious God, it certainly seems daunting to think that we are the presence of your Son. In one sense, that is quite the blessing to know that you have put so much faith in us that you have chosen us to represent Jesus. It can feel at times a little overwhelming, but may we today, as the body of Christ, embrace that presence not for our sake, but for the sake of the world. In Jesus' name.